Well, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back once again to the Ascent Podcast. My name is Brian, and I'll be your guide as we continue to work our way towards self-excellence. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about say what it is that you need, want, and expect from others. And the reason we felt this was important is a lot of the times we never really communicate what it is we need, want, or expect from the people in our lives because for whatever reason, we feel like they just should be mind readers. They should just be able to intuit whatever it is that we're thinking we need, we want, or we expect from them. And obviously that's not the case. The other side of that coin is I think a lot of times it's we're afraid. We're afraid of how they may respond, if there's gonna be any judgment associated with the things we may ask for from a wants, needs, and expectation standpoint. So we hold it back and we don't share what it is we want, need, and expect. But here's the question. When things go wrong, as they often do, whose fault is it when you don't get what it is you need, want, or expect? Yours or the person who didn't give you what you needed, wanted, or expected, but you never shared what those things were? That's what we're going to talk about today. I have a great panel with me, so uh, let's get into it. Folks, how are you doing this morning? Doing great. Doing great. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Chris, how about you? Blessed to be here, my friend. Blessed to be here. Very good. Very good. Well, let's get right into this. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to bring this subject up because I think as communicators, you know, and, and one of the things to be, you know, your best self, live your best life, uh, you have to learn to be a really good communicator. And part of that process is communicating things that you want, need, or expect in your life uh, and how to be brought into your life and delivered in certain ways from other people that you interact with. And again, that's going to obviously apply across many levels within your life, whether it's family, friends, business relationships, friendships, so forth and so on. So that's what we want to get into today is really talking about what those things look like, how to be a better communicator, and why it's really relevant that we do these things because it helps to kind of just tee everything up to have a more successful pathway and a better relationship. So with that in mind, uh, Eric, I'll start with you from uh, sharing what it's important to you and why you think that's relevant. How about you give us a little bit of background and, and what your thoughts are about that? Um, as a family lawyer, and I've practiced family law for about 25 years now, I've seen the ins and outs of what can happen if we fail to communicate um, our feelings, our desires in a way that the other person can understand them. So um, there are a lot of times when we think that we're saying things in a way that the other person understands, but when we fail to follow up on um, the questions of, did you understand what I am saying? Or do you, you um, what did you hear from the words that I've just spoken to you? Um, it, things can be very misconstrued and not only will it be uh, painful when that happens, it can also be very expensive expensive when that happens. <laughs> so um, getting down that communication and taking the time out to find out if the person heard what you were trying to convey in the manner that you were trying to convey it is an essential life skill for career, for family, um, for any type of endeavor that you do. 
100%. Thank you for sharing that. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because you are absolutely right. We're going to come back. We're going to dive deeper into that piece of not only communicating it, but validating what was communicated, because that's a, a piece that's kind of the next level of it that I believe gets overlooked quite a bit. So, Chris, what about you? What would you like to share regarding uh, why you think it's important or relevant that you know, we really do express uh, up front, you know, our wants, needs and expectations? Well, I think <clears throat> I think it's important. I mean, obviously, I, for me, when I when I, I think about this, obviously, when you send me these things, I, I, I'm thinking about it. And I, there's always two pieces for me. There's a there's my professional wants, needs and expectations and my personal wants, needs and expectations. And sometimes, I mean, they're they're obviously independent of themselves, but in the environment that we live in every day, that's something they, they cross over uh, more often than not. Um, and I think that's a part of that communication piece. Now, you now you, you know, you and I have been friends for decades mm -hmm. and we've established ways that we communicate with it, with it, within each other. Uh, a lot of it is verbal. But there's a lot of nonverbal cues that we, because of the fact we've known each other so long, I, I know that in my heart of hearts, you, you as a, an example, know how to support a lot of my wants, needs, and uh, expectations. Mm -hmm. um, I try to stay out of, when it, when it comes to people, especially people that are close to me, I try to keep the expectation piece lower, lower on the scale um, because I don't think that that's really fair, you know, to, to, because I think sometimes when people start interjecting expectation into the program, that becomes the, it, it becomes the lead dog in, in the, in the equation. And I think a lot of times we can, you know, I, I think you see it on a daily day and out daily day in day in and day out situation where that leads to misunderstanding, miscommunication, um, and just a general failure, uh, to be able to understand how you can and I'll, I'll lean into the how how i can how you can support me or or the converse is how i can support you so mm -hmm. we run into that and i think a lot of times uh it's kind of like that lazy eye you know what i mean mm -hmm. you just you just you, you know you got a lazy eye but you you know you're like yeah it's a lazy eye you know what i mean if you don't clarify it you know a lot of times a lot of times it takes an effort i think people as a whole they'll put a piece out and, ex and expect you to understand it top to bottom. And and the reality is, is Brian, you have other things going on in your life. Erica, you have other things going on in your life. If you were, if I had you pulled you in, we all have different things. There's so many different things going on. So a lot of times you're going to get a certain amount of my attention. And if it's something that requires a great deal of detail, that's on me or you to be able to convey that to me to where I can understand and more importantly, acknowledge it. You know what I mean? And that's that's part of that piece is acknowledging what it is I've said and sometimes repeating it back so you understand exactly what your what the expectation of you is going to be. Okay. That makes perfect sense. So then let's back up a step because I think one of the key components to all of this, um, and you know, one of the things obviously we focus on here uh, at the Ascent Academy is, you know, self-awareness and, and that awareness piece of it all. So I think that's, if we go from a, a first things first standpoint, um, you have to first be able to determine what it is that you do want, need, or expect, right? Uh, and so spending that time, 
I think is a key part of it. Uh, so Erica, I'll come to you first and say, you know, what have you done in the past? What are some of the techniques or things that you've done just to get clarity for you first before you even start to push it out there as to what's relevant and what's, what's, what is going to be important as you move forward? For me, I think one of the key pieces is taking out that time to be alone, to go off somewhere and to sit by water, um, sit by a pool, sometimes just to be in my own backyard on the on my patio and just sit and really be quiet. And I found that when I'm quiet and I quiet all the noise around me, the universe really does send you answers. And there's a part of your creativity that just kind of triggers um, when you're still. Uh, and so that's been my experience. And when I do that, I'm able to start writing down. And you, you try to write it, at least I do. I try to write it down before I forget it. And things just come to you. I truly believe that when you just stay still, don't make a quick decision, don't go off of impulse, don't go off of feelings, just be still, someplace quiet. And whether it's just sitting there or praying or meditating or whatever you want to call it, um, the answers come to you. I really think that deep inside of us, we all have our own intuition from experiences or from what our parents have taught us or things that we've experienced, uh, seen uh, others experience. And if we just take that time out, you really can find those answers. The answers come to you as, yeah. as to what you want and what you need and how you feel. Because if you're just going through life and you're going to work, you're going to this, you're running to that, and you're not taking time out to really assess, you know, who do I want to be? You know, who was I created to be? What my purpose is? Then you're just moving, right? You just move. How do you know what you want? Because you're doing everything everybody else wants. Because other people will create the agenda for your life if you let them. And it's always going to be in their best interest, not necessarily yours. I don't care how much um, you love them or they love you. It's always going to be um, their agenda. If you don't stop and create the agenda that suits the purpose of why God created you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chris, what about you? What would you like to share as far as that goes? Now, what was it? I'm, I'm bad. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was in some thought. Oh. No, um, just uh, what have you done in the past to try to get clear on what it is you want, need and expect? Not so much for that particular person, but just in general, just in life, the things that you want, need and expect in your life. Well, I think it's, you know, one of the things it starts with is um, obviously we're not, I'm not in my 20s anymore. And I, I know when I was in my 20s, I was just shooting for, I, I think I was having a conversation about this yesterday. I was, you know, I shot from the hip a lot. You know what I mean? And I've, I found out that my best way, I'm, I, I try to plan things as best as possible. I mean, I am spontaneous, but for me, um, the world becomes a lot less chaotic when I'm starting, when I have, when I have my goals in front of me. And I, and I start to work on a plan, how to get to those goals. And from there, I can develop um, the, the needs and expectations beyond that. Um, but I think that that's that thing. Sometimes I think you, you, may, you may have said that word or not, Erica, being still sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in a very transformative state right now, Brian. You know this because you, you know, you we're side by side a lot. Um, and what I'm finding is that sometimes what works for me is is just being still and allowing my you know when things are things haven't been um haven't been completely defined yet 
or there's there's some mystery in it or you know uh there's some you know some guesswork going on um being kind to myself you know because I get, I get a little you know i get a little little you know a little aggro when you know i haven't figured it out yet and i think a lot of people do that you know you're like you know why haven't i figured this out and the reality is you haven't figured it out because you haven't figured it out yet that's what the reality is but most of us if you understand your track record um then you know that you have a history of figuring things out and i have a history of figuring things out and now with the difference between t- today and then what used to be was i'm now not getting on myself about it or just becoming unreasonable with myself mm-hmm. as far as my own expectations of myself because that's where it starts it's your expectations of yourself and then that kind of mushrooms out to the people that are a part of your universe mm-hmm. you know what i mean um and then from there it's you know as you dr- as you drill down what what should i reasonably be able to expect from Brian, what should I reasonably be able to expect from Erica? What can I reasonably expect to save my family members? You know what I mean? And being able to really kind of target what what is reasonable. Because I think at the end of the day, that's a word I don't think we use enough is what's reasonable. You know what I mean? It's all at the root of I expect or I want or I need. And those are that interchangeable, those are interchangeable words that have so it can change the the dynamic of the sentence so drastically and a lot of people i don't think a lot of people can do that they, they don't think they do that well you know what i mean mm-hmm. they just lock in on this is my want which should automatically translate into my expectation of you well maybe you're not the person that can actually help me get it done and mm-hmm. that's also part of knowing you know per se what your audience or your peer group is you know what you know what can i reasonably expect out of this person and more importantly, do I have the right to ask them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of those things that I don't think we zero in on. Do I have the right to ask this person to uh, support mm-hmm. my wants, my my need, and ultimately my expectation? Right, right. Absolutely. I, um, I think uh, the last year I've kind of come to learn that, um, what you just said, uh, in that having expectations for people, I think I've, I've learned just to kind of lean back on that and just let people's actions show me where they belong in my life and um, who they who they are, what they can do. And I think the older I'm getting, the more I'm focused on um, differentiating what is my, what are my needs and what are my wants. And uh, is can someone be in just the want category, which means they're kind of dispensable, right? They just, you know, <laughs> or, you know, or, you know, if, if I have a need, is this someone or is this some place that I feel safe that I can say, you know, this is what I feel like I need today, or this is what I feel like I, I want to, it, that that's important to how I'm feeling or my goals. Is, is this a safe place for me? I think the older that I get, the more I'm differentiating between what a need is and what I just want. And even more importantly, why I feel like I want it and why I feel like I need it. Um, that's in a, 
in Austin. It was my birthday last month, so I think I've been having a lot of these reflections. (laughs) (laughs) And also, um, like you said, what right do I have to ask? Yeah. What right do I have to ask? Especially if it's not openly offered. Yeah, agreed. So I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll chime in a couple of different pieces because Erica, I agree with you about finding a place of peace for yourself. Like you said, if it's by the water or at the park on a bench, whatever it might be, somewhere where you can kind of clear your head and gather your own thoughts to try to figure out the pieces and parts that are relevant to you. And obviously the, the reason I wanted to bring this in is because that changes as you go through life, as you, as we, Chris was saying, you know, in, in his 20s, that list of what he felt he wanted or needed or the expectations that were out there, this is going to be a totally different list in probably your 30s and then shifts again, maybe in your 40s and so on and so on. Right. Uh, so that's another piece of it, too. Now, here's what's interesting is sometimes as you make that journey and you're transitioning through those decades, uh, certain people will transition with you others may fall off possibly because of those very reasons right what you want need or expect maybe that person can't deliver as they could when you were in your 30s but now you're in your 50s right so that's another piece to start to be aware of is uh, maybe why sometimes uh, there does become this distance or this gap with certain people that maybe used to be really close to and that's because the wants needs and expectations that are there might have shifted or changed and maybe what you want or need is totally different than what that person has the capacity to actually be able to deliver. So that's one piece to look at. Another thing that I like to do is, as she talked about, just kind of uh, get the thoughts out of your head and onto paper, uh, whether it's just bullet points or journaling in some way, because I think that helps to get some focus to it as to you know where you want things to go. And then from there, I then try to do a kind of a prioritization process, right? Which ones of these? boil up to the top as the top two or the top three and stay focused there because the list could be long, right? But who can really manage all of that? So that's kind of a process I go through to try to figure out wants, needs, and expectations. Uh, when I'm first really, you know, maybe feeling like I'm in a stage of transition or maybe you've started uh, a new job or a new career or you've, you've transitioned into a, a different space, uh, what you may want, need, or expect also may shift along with that too. So it's a never ending process, I guess, is the point that I wanted to bring up. This is not something you do once and then you're done. It kind of continues to go on. Erica, what thoughts do you have on that just from uh, the process and staying true to that process as time goes by? I think you always have to reassess. <clears throat> always have to have that time out and just look at your notes and really see, you know, is this still where I want to go? And if you have to make, if you have to make a few changes, don't be afraid of that. And don't be hard on yourself. Allow yourself that grace to say, I'm growing, I'm finding new interests. You know, you know, the saying, you know, when you, when you, uh, when you know better, when you learn better than you do better, you know, just be graceful with yourself, not be so hard. I think that's really a key point as we're making our notes and assessing our goals or we figure out how what we want the end to look like the result to look like we're working backwards as the plan of what are the steps we need to go through to get to that end result that we vision that we visualize and be graceful 
mm-hmm. be graceful with ourselves. I think we're we're hard on other people sometimes because we're way too hard on ourselves. You know, um, just be nice to ourselves as we're making these changes and growing. Um, if we don't, if you don't get everything you want in life, that you're not a failure. I mean, this is our life. This is what the universe has brought to us. Enjoy it. I think we spend so much time trying to acquire things and people and oh, just be nice to yourself. Remember, the Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you don't love yourself and be graceful to yourself, then you're going to be treating your neighbor like crap. So if anybody ever treats you badly, really, it's a reflection on how they feel about themselves for that very reason. The Bible does not say be nicer to others than you are to yourself. It says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So I think it's important that all of us take out that time to love ourselves. And then when you start loving on yourself and, and caring for yourself and valuing your feelings, then you really can take that time out to look at others and say, what can I give to that person? How can I uh, help validate how that person is feeling and let them know that I receive what I heard them say in the manner that they meant uh, to uh, express it. So what you said earlier, the question you asked, you know, about communication and, you know, understanding what, the person has said, it's important for us when someone tells us something that we say, okay, you know, from this is what I I hear you say. And let me know, you know, if that's not what you said or that's not how you meant it, give them the opportunity to express themselves um, and also give them the opportunity to um, correct or uh, correct, kind of uh, help you process what they're what they're sharing, and be graceful about it. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Don't just be like, "What the hell he said?" You know, no. Oh, okay, this is this is what I heard, and you know, and this is what I observed. This is uh, the way. I, this is what I expected. This is the way what I observed or what I heard. How it made me feel. And, and then give them the opportunity. It's really just being calm. And if you're graceful with yourself, then it, it's a bit easier to be graceful with others because we all mess up. We all say, I'm a pretty sensitive person. And honestly, one of my very dear friends had, in a very nice way, put me in check about, I was just kidding around. And, you know, uh, I, I was told, you know, we've never joked like that before. Mm. And then I was kind of taken aback, like, what do you mean? And um, that person expressed to me that I think it kind of hurt that person's feelings. Mm. It said, said like that. It was said in a very manly way. But <laughs> but nevertheless, it doesn't matter that I was joking. It, does, it doesn't matter. What matters is, how did my words make that other person feel? What did that right. other person hear? It doesn't matter. So I was very quick to apologize. I apologize. That's, uh, I apologize. It doesn't matter how I, I, I was kidding, but that doesn't matter. What matters is how I made you feel. And I think yeah. when we care about people, uh, first of all, when we care about ourselves enough to treat ourselves like that, it's easier to care about somebody else and, um, care about their feelings and know that it doesn't make you a bad person to have to go back and be like, wait a minute. I 
I hurt someone's feelings or I said it in a manner that um, it, it didn't come out the way I intended. But it, it starts with being graceful with ourselves. Absolutely. I agree with you. And 100%. Chris, what you, any thoughts you want to add on that? Because if, if not, I do have uh, something I want to bring into this. Well, I think, you know, truthfully, I mean, what you did, Erica, what you just mentioned, um, I think a lot of us have gone through it, and I think a lot of us go through it. Because uh, at the end of the day, Brian, and, you know, we talk about this all the time. Everybody's going through something. You know what I mean? I, you know, we got friends that are going through divorces. We, you know what I mean? I'm going through this growth phase from a lot of some tragedy that I've dealt with over the last month. And I, the thing I think that is hard for me every once in a while when it comes to stuff like this, and, I'm, and I can I can only guess, I can only imagine it's hard for others too, um, is the fact that, um, you know, like I said, I've been going through, you know, I got, you know, I hate, I, it's, I hate bringing it up, but it is my reality. You know, I, I got hit by a car back in October. I was dealing with a tumor, a tumor on my cornea for a few months after that. So all this stuff that really scared the life out of me I've been dealing with and now we're dealing we're dealing with how that's making me feel moving forward and how it's changed my uh, uh, my my priorities uh, with my life uh, some of the things that I the things I do daily that mm -hmm. now they were nice to have things and now there are things that I do daily that I have to have they're just mm -hmm. a part of who I am and what I'm about and where I'm trying to go you know, you, you, Brian, you and I are golfers. So we, we talk, I talk a lot in golf analogy and I'm, I'm at a, a this is literal. I'm at, for me, I'm in the back nine of my life, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know mm -hmm. anybody plays golf and who doesn't. So the, the golf is front nine, back nine. So I'm on the back nine of my life. So I'm trying to make, so as much as I can, I'm trying to make up for some of the things that I didn't do as well in the front nine. Some of my poor play, maybe some of my poor attitude, maybe just the, the, the way I poorly looked at things. And I'm trying to improve that day in and day out. So I'm trying to become more of an asset in life, period, and especially to the folks that are in my small universe. I'm trying to be that friend that's like, well, we know, we know what Chris is going to do. He's going to support wherever he can. And that's something that I try to put out to the universe on a day in and day out basis, even on my bad days. I'm still trying to, you know, it, you know, even in disagreement and discomfort, I'm trying to show that I'm trying to be a part of the part of the solution as opposed to being part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people I think people kind of go in and out of that whole mindset. You know, what I mean, we want to, you know, for me, it's almost becoming that thing that I got to have and I got to do and I got to and I, I got to, And it makes life easier for me, you know. Because um, it also pulls in that, that we you've hit on a couple times during during this uh, broadcast is the kindness piece, you know, being kind to myself, but also being kind to others, you know, because I don't know what you're going through, you know. What I mean, sometimes we, we you know we get together with people, we butt heads, just like you just said. Your friend was obviously a, I'm gonna guess I'm gonna use the word offended by whatever you joked with her or whatever. It happens, you know. What I mean, it it happens. The, the cool thing about you and Brian and myself is I think we're the type of people that when that's brought to our attention, then we, oh, maybe I don't even understand why I offended you, but I'm going to apologize to you to begin with while I'm trying to seek the knowledge as to figure, especially if I can't figure it out right away. Well, how did I offend this person? That's not the point. The point of the matter is they were offended. You should apologize. 
and then you can then you can figure it out and move forward from there but first and foremost don't be dismissive you know what i mean and i know we all ha- probably hate that in people don't be dismissive if i said this bothered me at, at least at the very minimum acknowledge it acknowledge you know and we can move from there. 100%, 100%. So I want to shift up a little bit because I want to go back to a couple of different things that have been shared. And I won't necessarily say it's challenging your position on it, but I want to get your thoughts and perspective on it. So a couple of things that have been mentioned. One was what's reasonable and the expectation. I believe Chris mentioned that. Um, another thing that's kind of a word that I put was entitlement. You know, what am I entitled to from a needs, wants, and expectations standpoint? So that's an, another piece. And then the last piece of the puzzle that I want to throw in is to say uh, authenticity or being authentic. And that's primarily being authentic for yourself or to yourself, right? So meaning I have a right to stand on what it is I feel I want, need, and respect, whether it's something that's reasonable for you or not, right? Because that's authentically me, right? So just using that as a position to take. So Erica, I'll start with you. With those thoughts in mind, how would you approach that? What would be your conversation or how would you share that with someone to say, you know, authentically, this is who I am. This is what I want, need and respect. I'm not bringing it from an entitlement standpoint, I don't think. Um, but is it reasonable for you? Maybe, maybe not. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, for me, I think first finding out who who I am, what do I enjoy? What do I um, value? Uh, what do I like? Um, who, who, who am I? You know, I think first you have to ask who you are and the things that you just naturally enjoy. Uh, what do you want your life to look like? What do you envision for your life at, at the phase that you're in? As a woman, we have different phases. I'm, I'm sure men do too. Um, but I, definitely from my experience as a woman, when you're a teenage girl, you envision one thing. And then when you're in your 20s and 30s, definitely 40s and 50s, there, there are other ways that you envision your life. So really you have to envision who you are and where you want to be. And then from there, uh, you can decide what those wants are based on who you authentically um, are at that time. Um, just really going backwards because you asked first about the reasonable expectations uh, going back to who you are authentically are once you get to know yourself a little bit better then you can go into okay what are my wants and what are my needs from there and then you go and you look at your circle and say reasonable expectations well what i've learned now and I, i'm very proud to say uh i'm i'm in that what did you say i'm not a golfer is you said uh, chris you the back nine back nine okay, that's what i that's what i am too uh so now i can <laughs> i'm proud to say that i'm i'm in that stage of life and i um and i i've learned that you i suggest that you let people be who they are and you accept them as they are and people can give you only so much emotion, only so much time as they as they have. And don't put pressure on people to be more than they are. Just love them as they are. 
Now, what does that mean? <laughs> Love them as they are. That doesn't mean you let them treat you any old kind of way. That doesn't mean that they get to be inconsistent or say they're going to do one thing and then they don't. If, if that's who they are, except that's who they are and you properly allow them to be in that space in your life where a person like that belongs, mm-hmm. wherever that is, right? <laughs> um, but reasonable expectations means, for, to, in my opinion, reasonable expectations means that you allow people the space to show you who they are and then you decide based upon your authentic self where they belong but you don't put them into any other kind of pressure because once you do when you're trying to make a duck into a pigeon (laughs) let a duck be a duck let a pigeon be a pigeon let a turtle be a turtle let a whale be a whale and then regardless of what animal it is you're together because you're happy The, the goal is love yourself be graceful to yourself enjoy life we're only here for a limited amount of time and then you get to spend eternity either in heaven or hell you know one or the other but on this earth you only have so much time enjoy your life and if you're around people for whatever they grumpy they got all this let them do it now where they are and then in your life you decide where does a grumpy negative person belong <laughs> right but you'll be happy because at the end of the day unless you're a twin or triplets you come into the world and even then they don't come out at the same time triplets don't come out all at once they come out one at a time oh, okay. so, you know we all came we all came out individually so that's you absolutely have to right decide authentically what makes you happy and then go from there as far as reasonable expectations, a reasonable expectation is let a duck be a duck, let a goose be a goose, let a pigeon be a pigeon, let a chicken be a chicken. Yeah, agreed. So Chris, let's, let me bring it to you then, because obviously I think uh, reasonable was one of your words. And then let's, so let's bring it back to the uh, opposite side of that coin. As I said, you know, you're being authenticity for you, being true to yourself, um, and maybe what it is you want, need, or expect maybe isn't always reasonable. Uh, where should you should you water it down, or should you stand on you being authentic to yourself? What what makes the most sense to you? Well, for, first and foremost, I think being authentic is it should be a natural part of the process. Um, I don't want to be known as fake. You know, what I mean, even if you don't agree with what I'm talking about, I want you to say at the end of the day. I know who this man is. I know what he's about. He's he's pretty much stays on a uh, on a certain line. Um, but I'm all I, I, I matter of fact, I work very hard at being authentic um, because I actually believe that I'm some in certain circles. I'm misunderstood. Mm-hmm. People don't people don't really understand what motivates me, what you know, my, what my true purpose is, because I'm just figuring out what my true purpose is. So, I you know, if I'm if I'm just figuring out what my true purpose is. How the hell do I expect you to know what my true purpose is when I haven't figured it out yet? Mm-hmm. So as I'm working on it, because like I said, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm in a transformative stage right now. I, I own it. I admit to it. I don't have, I, even at my age, I don't have all the answers. I'm quick to tell you I don't have all the answers. Um, I don't think that makes me any less smart. I don't think that it makes me any less seasoned. I don't think that makes me any less anything. It just makes me what I am. And I just think that if you're going to deal with me, good, bad, or indifferent, then you need to understand 
you know, what, you know, what my, what my value system is about, what my truth meter, how it reads, uh, things of that nature is, like I said, you don't always like what comes out of my mouth, but that's, mm-hmm. that's not my job for you to like everything that comes out of my mouth. My job for me to, when I put myself first, because I think a lot of people, you know, and there's a difference between putting yourself first and being selfish. Let's be clear on that first and foremost, yes. but being true to yourself is a lot less painful than, than watering yourself down and, and shrinking like a violet when people, you know, cause people are going to project on you. Let's be clear on it. Even your bestest of friends, unless your name is Brian Murray, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to project on you. And, and that's not that they're bad people. That doesn't mean they want bad for you. They have they, everybody has an objective and a goal tied up in these wants, needs, and expectations. And sometimes it, they, they kind of people to make them interchangeable. Like, okay. So when we're talking about, you know, even me thinking that I'm being reasonable might be unreasonable to you, but that's the part where we talk about it. You know what I mean? I, I see, I have some built in questions I ask. So when I tell you what I want, need, or expect, my usually follow up question is, is that reasonable? Mm-hmm. And this is the part where you get to tell me, Chris, that's reasonable, or Chris, that is not reasonable, and we can explore it from there. I actually, on, on the level of communicating with the people that are really close to me, the people that I spend a, a lot of time with and have spent time with over the years, I expect you to have that conversation with me. I don't expect you to, to like I said, back up or, or, or withdraw from the situation. I expect us to get into it. You know what I mean? Because maybe there's something I'm not seeing here and I actually need your help to see it. You know what I mean? That's, that's where I'm at. I, you know what I mean? As much as you, you hate being wrong because we all hate being wrong. Let's be real here, right? The fact of the matter is, every once in a while, there ain't, as I like to say, there ain't that much right in the world. Okay, <laughs> so you, you know, if I'm wrong, if you're my, if you're one of my supporters, one of my really great friends, one of my confidants, somebody that I have on the short list, you need to be prepared to tell me about myself every once in a while. You know, because you're only going to, th- what you're going to do is help me. Yep. You know what I mean, I may not enjoy it to begin with, but if I know where it's coming from, from your authentic self, then I can get on board. Okay, well, maybe I need to rethink this, Chris. Yep. So it's funny you bring that up because I, I just made a note and the word was accountability, right? And that's exactly what you're talking about, Chris, is uh, in those situations, when you have those conversations, someone that's going to uh, hold you accountable, uh, have a position on it to say, well, that's reasonable or unreasonable. And it's funny, Chris, I know we have talked, as you said, many, many times about many, many different things. And I know I shared with you one time we were talking about uh, you know, being a mentor and, you know, showing some guidance and that kind of thing. And I said, you know, I can't be your mentor without sometimes being your tour mentor. And that's true because that's the other side of the coin. You have to bring, as I say, the yin and the yang of it to the table and be open and, be, and talk about that. But going back to where we first started off this conversation, that's where I think people fall short is either, as I said, A, they think people just intuit, you should know and read my mind that that's how I feel about that. Or we have this fear or, or we're afraid because we don't want to be seen pushy or we don't want to be too forward or uh, we don't want to be rejected or judged or whatever else that it might be. So we don't say the things that we should say. And that's on both sides. That's speaking outbound as to what it is I want, need and expect. Or that's someone 
placing a want or need or expectation on you, you feeling as if it's unreasonable, but then not saying anything to say that it's unreasonable and you just wallow and accept it. So there's two sides to that coin. Well, Erica, what thoughts do you have on that piece? Because I think that's a key component of it. How do you get down that road cleanly from an accountability standpoint? Well, as far as the second, what was the second question about the expectations? Expectations and really just, you know, how, how do you sort that out when the expectation that maybe has been placed? Mm -hmm. uh, you as a person receiving that expectation and need that want, you feel it's unreasonable. However, you don't voice that, you know, how do I, Yeah, I'm a... And I hate to describe myself as this, but I really like just to make people happy. And so I, when I'm in that situation, uh, I really have had to work on myself to speak up and to share. You know, I don't feel comfortable with this. I, I, um, I cannot uh, do this or this does not make me happy or I don't have the time for this or this just isn't good for me. I think wanting, especially when you care about somebody, you love people. Um, and again, if you don't set your own agenda, people will set that agenda for you. Uh, I, for me, that has been very difficult to say no to people that I love, but ultimately to be your authentic self and to finish the race that you've been put on the earth to, to run you have to express to people, this just isn't for me. This situation's not for me, or I cannot give you what you need. Uh, at the, I can't give you what you need. Let me just say it this time. I can't give you what you need, or I'm, I'm not for you, or this is not for you, whether it's a career you know, the situation is not for you at a, at a company or um, in a relationship. I think that that has been something that I am working on myself. And I, and I work with people in relationships for a living. And I still, I, I am coming to understand that a person will be much happier if you just express that and allow the other person to receive what you're saying. Agreed. And it make it's a, it, it helps save time, right? Okay. It it yeah. might it might make you because if you're a people pleaser like me, it, it might make you a little uncomfortable. But I tell you what, you won't be stressed out trying to figure out how you're gonna make things work in a situation that you didn't want to be in in the first place. Yeah, that's the people pleasing thing that we've talked about before. And we've done an episode specifically on that of getting yourself out of that mode of being people pleasing and, you know, standing your ground and, and different things like that. So that, that's a, a key component. Chris, anything you want to add on that? Well, I mean, for, for me, it's probably the most simple thing is we are such a uh, as a society. I'm going to put it on that level we're, as a society. We're so uh, uh, conflict averse. So everything, I think where we are today, and I don't know why we got, I don't know how we got here. I mean, I, I, it's one of those head scratchers for me, but we're in such a society now that everybody is is conflict averse. And when there's conflict, that automatically means it's I'm pulling my guns out. And I don't mean that figure, you know, literally, but 
you know, I gotta, I gotta get on this side. You gotta get on the side. And we gotta start shooting at each other. That means none of that means none of the above in my book. Just yeah. because we have conflict, actually, I want to see how we act in conflict. So, in other words, when when I run into conflict, even or potential conflict, let's let's mm-hmm. go there. If I run into potential conflict with someone who I'm close with, because that's a lot of times what you run into. It's a little less with the folks of the the the, the folks that are on the the periphery of our lives. Um, yeah. It's easy to kind of swap them back. Yeah. But the people that we're close to, that you know, family members, um, you know, best friends, mm-hmm. uh, spouses, um, dating partners, whatever you want to say, those are the that's the area that I want to see how we can function. I always said this when uh, I'm currently single, but I always say whenever I date anybody and I, I meet a woman and we, we, we start, there's interest, I say, now, there's going to come a point in time where we're going to have a disagreement slash fight. <laughs> how, how are we going to behave? Is it going to be an adult thing or are we going to go to junior high school? Because I want to see that. I want to see how you act. I mean, I'm not looking for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not you, in, a, in a perfect world where there's no disagreements. We're all good. And everything is hunky dory. But we all know that that's not the case. We just know that's not the case. And if you think like that, then you're delusional. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, you are freaking delusional. Okay. Matter of fact, sometimes you find out what you really got on your hand when you have that first disagreement. Do they go DEFCON 5 on you? Or it's like, let's keep it down here. Let's talk about this like two adults. Yeah, I'm looking for that. If someone goes like dry grass on me and it's like, you know, dry grass with a match. Yeah, yeah. I don't I'm 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 now looking at you. You know what yeah. I mean? So you get to you get the one or the two. We get to three. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Was this really did, did you really yeah. have to go there over something? So that I maybe I view as innocuous. I don't. Yeah, I don't. view When I say innocuous, I don't view it from the standpoint that what how you're feeling is not important. But I also there's le- there's levels to this thing, you know what I mean? And being in a disagreement about somebody about whether you should meet at five thirty or whether you should meet at six o'clock is, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a nothing burger, okay. Mm-hmm. But I always look at how people act when we when we when we when we just dis- when we disagree. Yeah, uh, While you mentioned that, Chris, let me tell that let me, I, I've been married one time, and. Uh, <laughs> During our during our marriage, it was a long time ago uh, that I was married, but I was married for a short period of time. We're actually still very close friends and business partners. But uh, when we would have a disagreement, I would fight because in the household that I grew up in, my parents were kind of high school sweethearts and they had their own disagreements. But that was back in the day, all that kind of stuff. You know, they had discussed grown folk discussions outside of the ears of earshot of children. And so when I got married, and if we had a disagreement, and we never had big blowout disagreements, but any time where now I could sit down and communicate and voice what I'm feeling, um, I would faint. And so <laughs> it'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> because I would literally, I'd be like, <laughs> oh my goodness. In the middle of a call, and he wasn't saying, he's not. He's a big and tall guy, but he wasn't intimidating or threatening. It was just out of conflict. My body just that's right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I wouldn't marry long because he thought it made me so miserable. And he really did not. But I 
was it again you know when as you learn you get, you get older and you try to learn more about yourself i wasn't a situation that i was it you know I, I didn't know how to communicate and process and these weren't heated arguments he didn't know talk down to me he didn't cut you know call me nothing like that it was just conflict like you meant just mentioned you know you have to see how you handle disagreement i would i would hit the floor and in the middle. so for him he didn't want to um have <laughs> too many of those conversations that i'm falling on the floor that makes so, sense. but you're right you really have to in, in work relationships um you know, we, we have to teach our children as we prepare them to go into the workforce how to engage in those conversations with your coworkers. And I was okay with that. I've always got along well with coworkers. And if we needed to, you know, come together as a team, I was fine with that. But just, uh, and we also have to equip our children in personal relationships. How do you have those conversations, especially without fighting? Like, how, how do you have a grown up conversation, you know, and, and talk? I think that's, a real important skill. I have lovely parents, but I think that was something I was not equipped um, equipped for. So yeah. you're right. That when you said that, that made me think about that. Yes. <laughs> I just so, that, that that's that's a pretty amazing, as you said, and that impacts both people in the relationship because mm -hmm. you don't want to go there because you know how your body's going to react. He doesn't want to go there because he doesn't want to see you react that way. So then it becomes this void between you, right? Because right, right. no one exactly. wants to cross that conflict bridge, right? And so it's very interesting. Uh, I, I had a note here too, and I was just talking about that. Uh, and Chris, this goes back to what you were saying a few minutes ago, and then even what Erica was just sharing. I think the overarching thing that I put down was just, we all need to become better upfront communicators. So Chris, you know, you were just sharing about, uh, you know, if you're, started to date someone and said, all right, we, we at some point, we're going to have a conflict or argument or fight or disagreement. How are we going to address that? And you're actually getting into that before the fact, not during or after the fact, right? Yeah. And that's a piece of it that I think people overlook, especially when you talk about your wants, needs, and expectations. Those are the things that it's really better to do the upfront communication piece of versus trying to come in from behind and go, oh, well, I didn't really share this with you before, but you know, I don't like this, or I want this, or I need that, but it's after the fact. Because now you put this person in a position, maybe they're not capable of doing it in that way, or don't have the capacity to do it in that particular way and, and deliver what it is that you need. However, if you had the conversation up front, it gives them an opportunity to say, well, I can't or I'm not able to now, but maybe I can learn or maybe I can adapt. But without that conversation up front, you don't get that opportunity. So I think that's a key piece of it to look at is, you know, having those upfront communications and getting better at that uh, in all of our relationships uh, as we, you know, kind of move our way through life. So what I want to do now is I want to kind of transition this just a little bit, staying in the same vein of being you know, better communicators, saying what you need, want, and expect. Uh, specifically, and I want to frame this because we all have been in positions where we're leaders, you know, leaders of our own companies, organizations, uh, management jobs, those type things. How is this relevant? And Erica, I'll start with you because especially being an entrepreneur and a business owner, uh, from a setting the needs 
and wants and expectations as a leader, what have been some of the things that you found valuable in that particular arena? Uh, really communicating what those expectations are and making sure that the expectations are well documented and having those conversations even before you begin um, working together as a team to determine whether or not it's really a good fit and whether that person has a skill set and personality um, to mesh in with the group that you're leading and a willingness to um, learn because a lot of things you cannot teach somebody um, such as personality and grits and uh, teamsmanship. Uh, that's, uh, those are some of the things that I, I really have come to value as a leader. Um, and then also, does that person bring something to the table? Are they able to bring something to the table to help the team in a way that's very unique? Um, a diverse group of people and communicating um, those expectations is, is everything. And when you observe something, I've learned, um, <laughs> it's, and it's like I'm always, uh, it's, I have to reiterate it to myself. When you observe something, really communicating at that time what you observe and what the expectation is and um, how it impacts the team and the mission and that none of us are above the mission, not a founder, not a new partner, not an associate, not an administrative person. No one is above the mission. The company is above everything and making sure that everyone on the team understands that. And usually the mission will be making sure that there are results and keeping everyone focused on we have to get the results. In order for each of us to reach our goals, we have to make sure that the company reaches its goal. So openly communicating um, the successes of the team and then openly communicating and, and quickly addressing when there's been a failure to meet the needs of that organization is essential. Just so everyone understands that ultimately it is the company not the co-founders, not any employee. It is the company. Understood. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you for sharing that. Chris, what about you uh, as in the leadership role? What's your philosophies as far as communicating uh, the wants, needs, and expectations go? Of, of the corporate in, of the corporate situation or yes. the professional? Well, I, I think being upfront, like I said, we talk, you know, obviously you figured out I, I try to be that upfront guy. Um, I think it's very important that you, from day one, from the jump, you start to communicate what the, the, the goals, wants, and needs um, of the operation is. Um, and you have to, for me, consistency pays. So you have to be consistent in the message. Um, sometimes, obviously, you have to retailer the message from time to time, from day to day, because otherwise it gets very mundane and um, it gets watered down because, you know, if there's no variety in the message. Um, but I think that's very important that um, we stay on top of that. And like I said, at, I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about from um, the leadership side of it, um, me being a leader, you being a leader, Eric, you being a leader. It's what you you it's what you show your employees day in and day out, uh, the people you work with, your partners, whatever, whatever. 
Um, it's that consistency. I'm, I'm a firm believer in consistency pays. Um, you just you you just got to stay on top of it. Um, even on even even on the days you're having a rough time, you know, because we all have communicators do have problems communicating from time to time. We just do. You know, what I mean, we get tongue tied. Uh, we get a little we get a little beat down from just the fact that that's what we do. I talk, you know, I, I tell people I talk for a living. I mean, I literally I talk for mine. You know, I mean, I I'm in the business of getting people to do the things that I need them to do, or I'm in the business of getting people to come together. So that's kind of my claim to fame. So it's retailing my message being it's the same message but being able to retailer it from time to time and understanding and, and and knowing your audience your 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 group below you um sometimes they need different things being able to, to identify those things um i think that's very important um and I, I like i said at the end of the day i think the consistency will pay even like i said even back to that even when people are you know maybe you don't, maybe the team's not hearing you Maybe they, maybe they don't 100% agree with certain things you're doing. Um, it's your job to figure out how to get them to, to, to get on board with what you're trying to, what you're, what you're, you're ultimately trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. that's where the real work comes in. Great. So I want to jump in there because uh, and this goes all the way back kind of when we first started and Erica was speaking about validation, meaning verifying what was communicated and how it was received and that it was received and understood. So as a leader, I think that is the most critical thing you can do because you can you can sit there and you can pontificate all day about this is where we're going, this is what we're gonna do and blah, 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 blah. But how has that actually been received by your audience? In this case, obviously your staff, staff members, et cetera, et cetera. And then what's their actual level of understanding from an accountability, responsibility, yada, yada, yada standpoint. So that's the key piece too. I think that we as leaders need to be aware and be ready to do that validation piece. Communicate A, but B, validate what was communicated, how it was, how it was received, understood, and that they now know, truly understand what their individual roles and responsibilities and accountability pieces are going to be based on what you shared. Because a lot of the times, obviously, we have so much going on as leaders. We get it, we say it, and we're ready to move on to the next thing. And six months later, things go south, and then it's like, well, I said this six months ago, but you didn't validate that they understood exactly what it is you delivered. So yeah. that for me as a leader, if there's something I would, would share, it would be that piece. Yes, say it, but also make sure you take the time to validate the understanding of what was shared is i think a key key component of it definitely i'm learning <laughs> i'm learning and reminding myself of that often yeah yeah to be sure that it was understood yes well, let, let me let me pop in right quick for a quick sure no go ahead um that's under a uh, a banner i call get it getting agreement so when we have situations that we're dealing with, even in our personal lives um situations that come up I'm looking to get a, to get agreement, um, and sometimes getting agreement is actually maybe we have to to agree to disagree. But the point of the matter is, I need for us to be somewhere with this thing. So you see that we're gonna we're just gonna keep it moving forward, or maybe we've got to stop and reassess and look at you know what it is that's being asked. Um, maybe maybe at the end of the day, we're, we're gonna find out through um, just through the, the mere process of it all. That maybe what 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 a goal is is maybe it's not a hundred percent 
something that we can get to in, in our current configuration. You know, maybe there's some stuff that has to be some behind the stuff, but behind the scenes things that need to occur, events need to uh, actually occur that will get us closer to that, that goal that want that need. But first and foremost, I need to know that the people that are around me or the people that I'm counting on, we're in agreement. And I think that's very important. I think that's, and I honestly, I think it's overlooked sometimes, especially from a leadership perspective, because we are leaders and we, we, that's our expectation is that our team will, you know, get right behind us and, you know, we're going, that's the boss and he wants this and blah, blah, blah. No, that doesn't necessarily, you know, in a, in a perfect world. Yes. In the world that I live in, that's not always the case. You know what I mean? Um, you know, like a perfect example, I just had this happen a couple of weeks ago. Um, I had a technician out on a job and he was having a, 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 just a Dickens of a time trying to do what we, what, what he was being asked to do. Well, his first mistake was when we talked about this job was, I don't, I don't, I'm not on, you know, we're at that age. I don't, I don't, I'm not on job sites. I don't hang out on job sites. That's not what I do. Um, but what I told him was, I said, once you, I said, I think you're going to run into some challenge in here, challenges with what is being asked to you. I said, some of this is going to be super, super easy. Some of this is going to be, you, you're going to, you're going to need a second set of eyes on this thing. Well, what happened was I got a guy who's very prideful. He wants to take it on. He really wants to bring this thing home in his heart of hearts. That's what he wants, but he's not going to use it. He's not, he's, he's making a, he's made a conscious decision not to use the resources that have been actually offered to him. And that's where he got himself in trouble. And I literally had to talk this kid down off the ledge I mean, he was ready to quit. He was ready to do all this. He was showing his, you know, he was, he was, you know, muttering under his breath. I don't know. We're on somebody's job site. And he's out. And I know that people are listening. And I'm like, I get the call and I'm like, I'm on my way. I go down. He is fit to be tied. Matter of fact, he's ready to walk off the job. And I'm like, that's not what we do. I understand your frustration. You know, first of all, I acknowledged his frustration. I said, I understand your frustration level. But now let me point out some things to you. For one, I told you that you weren't alone on this. I was prepared to come and be your second set of eyes um, when you when you when you made that call. I said you made a conscious decision not to, for whatever the reason being, and we don't need to get into that today. You made a decision not to call me, and this is the re end result of what happens. But now you're going to make our customer pay for your inability to work this process as you know it was available. How is that right? How does that make any sense at all today? So now what you've done is you, your inability to do what, what you know, you've worked with me for two plus years. You know how I, how I get down. I said, you, you decided to go away from that and you're going to make us all pay the price for your, for your pulling a step, out, step or two out of this process when you know how it could. And I mean, I, we had the conversation. He, came back to me. He's like, you were right. I'm like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, here's the part. I'm not angry. I said, I'm disappointed, mm -hmm. I said, but we're a team. So I don't, you know I mean? I, it's, I, you believe me, the guy that hired us called me and I could have easily blamed everything on him. It would, I could have easily done that. And a lot of, a lot of bosses do that. Well, I, it's my guy. I said, we, I said, I said, we had a bad day. We didn't do what we, we, we could have done better. We didn't do that. I said, but I stand behind my guy. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. It's a mistake. I stand behind my guy. And, you know, so we went through that whole process. Uh, we actually got fired off the job. Uh, but the guy called me back a week later. He's like, I may have misjudged this a little bit. It was some of the, some of this is on the client for how they responded to it. I said, Hey, I'm not here. To, I'm not here to judge, judge anybody. I'm here to be consistent and be, and do the things the way that I'm used to doing it, that it, that it, it instills the confidence that you, to, for you to have in me as, as a leader and as well as a, as an organization to be able to bring home the goods. I said, stuff happens. I mean, it yeah. just, you know, we're not in a perfect world. Stuff happens. And I said, I, I'm, I, I'd like to believe I'm consistent. I like to believe that people see me that way. I said, all I can do is put it out there every time and try to put it out there the same manner. And I'll let you be the judge at that point. You know what I mean? Your decision is final. You don't want to work with me moving forward. I'll respect that. You do want to work with me before. I'll, I'll respect that. However you want to let this play, let it play. And uh, it's amazing because I, I let it, I just let it go. And a week later, the guy calls me. He's like, that's why I'm thinking, why is this guy calling me? Right. He's like, Hey, I called cause I may have jumped the gun on you. And you know, I appreciate what he, what he said to me ultimately was, I want to applaud you for your professionalism throughout this because it would have been easy to start throwing stones from the other side. I said, I said, at the end of the day, I got to look myself in the mirror. We made a mistake. I'll own it. If you know, some, some I said, there were some things that I, I said, if you remember the conversations we had, we knew that this was coming. You know what I mean? I'm, I've been doing what I do for long enough that certain things I, I don't want it to be true. But there's certain things you're like, hmm, I just have a sneaky suspicion this is going to go down like this. And I happen to be right. You know what I mean? It was one of those moments. I just happened to be right. But I was like, you know, but this is not about my ego. You know what I mean? I, I, I want the, the end goal is what the end goal is. That, that's what I want. Whether I'm involved or, out, or not in the picture, I just yeah. want the end result to be the end result. That's all I care yeah. about. Yeah. And that's like Erica was saying a little while ago when she was talking about everybody being on board with the mission, right, uh, of what, what the company is and where, where we're trying to get to and uh, understanding that. And as you said, Chris, um, it's it's a we thing. It's not a me. It's not a they. You know, it, it really is a we thing. And uh, as leaders, that uh, is a, a great position to come from. Uh, so I want to translate. Let me share. Just like you had said about the the other guy who was working under you it, it's it's been my observation the last couple of decades that some of the people that have worked for me i like to pride myself in in that after they worked for me they've all they've gone to different types of careers in different areas and have been very successful and have done well and as a leader that's one of the things that you want there's some people that as your career transitions they're going to follow you and there's some people that um, come um, underneath you and then they'll go off and veer to other companies. They'll start climbing the ladders in those companies. And then you know what? I found that those people, if you treat them like you treated that guy, they remember that. And next thing you know, they're hiring you for stuff <laughs> and or asking to do a joint venture with you or wanted to do because I have a few people that were, um, I hate to call them my subordinates, but they were like under my line. And I really have to say, they've been financially beneficial to me mm -hmm. as they, you know, expanded their careers. And a lot of it is really how you treated them. 
and and their their thoughts about you as a leader but also is this the kind of person i want on my team when i'm the leader do i want my former do i want to bring them in and and as leaders we have to not just take it as a position of ego but you know teamwork but also this person who's now you know reporting to me one day i really might be reporting to her um, I have one uh, joint venture that I'm doing, and it was an associate, and she actually came in to work for me as a clerk, uh, like a, like really new, <laughs> hardly new, very much great legal researcher and writer, but not a litigator. Not, but let me tell you that this lady is such a great business person. She is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And, um, I I have to say, you know, to anybody watching, just a little reminder that the people who are now are reporting to you, they really, depending on how you treat them, can be a tremendous blessing to you personally and financially in ways that, you know, when they first came to the door, you're like, does this person know how to sharpen a pencil? <laughs> but, but if you treat them right, like you said, with that young person, when he felt like he blew it or something didn't go right, but when you, when they understand that you'll have their back, when they get in those positions of leadership, when they look around and try to figure out who do I want to call, who do I, or, or if they have questions and now they're in a leadership position and they need a leader mentor to help, mm-hmm. God, who am I going to call? Well, they're going to call you because of how you treated them with respect and how when they had a bad day, when they were feeling down, when they wanted to quit, when they just were thinking about changing careers totally, you know, that you were the person that said, hey, slow down. Okay, yeah, you, you screwed up today. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I ain't gonna lie, that was a big one right there. But let's figure out how we can get out of this today. And then, you know, we can reflect, you know, tomorrow, you know, don't quit, don't quit. You, you talented, everybody, this was one of those days. Everybody got a day and this was your day for sure. But let's get through it. They, they people remember that. Agree. They do. They do. They 100%. do. Yeah, 100%. So I want to bring us to the, the last thing I want to get into today. And this is a perfect segue for it because we were talking about leaders. And then so now let's look at it from the standpoint of um, self-development, because obviously we've covered a lot of different things today as far as, you know, uh, self-awareness, figuring out what you what it is you truly want, need and expect just for yourself before you even push it out to others. Um, so what are some of the things that we can do from a self-development standpoint to help us sort that out as from, from the beginning of what our needs and expectations are? Uh, authenticity, you know, what is our authentic self? Figuring that out. Uh, another piece of it obviously is gonna be being a better communicator, which has two sides because, and you know, we always talk about, we have two ears, one mouth. So listening, is a key component to that. So being a better listener, but then also being able to communicate and again, being an upfront communicator uh, as far as that goes. So thinking about it from that standpoint, and I'll, Erica, I'll go to you first. Um, what are some of the things or thoughts, maybe things you've done in the past to help develop your personal skills in those particular areas that you could share with the audience? I think one of the most important things that I've focused on is uh, brain health, really making sure I am accountable to myself with what I eat, how much water I'm drinking, 
um, even down to, you know, uh, how much fiber I'm in, intaking. Am I getting enough potassium? Am I getting enough sunlight? Is there enough vitamin D in my system? Am I getting enough rest? Um, in order to be authentic self, in order to understand, you know, what you need, what you want, you have to have a clear head. You really do. And a part of that is watching what you digest physically and then also mentally, watching the environment that you're around um, to really be your authentic self and to figure out what your what your needs are. Uh, you have to have a healthy brain. And that means that you have to have, you have to create a healthy environment for yourself. And when anything threatens that, you have to be very strict about those parameters because ultimately your your mental health, uh, your brain is going to kind of direct everything else. If you don't have, you don't take care of yourself uh, mentally, then everything else is going to fall apart. It's going to impact you physically. You're not going to be able to focus on your job. You're not going to be able to focus in relationships. Then that's going to impact your self-esteem. Your, uh, of course, your feeling of uh, self-worth. Uh, but you have to be very protective uh, about your brain and what you allow to impact that. That's great advice. And I think that's something people don't think about at all. And so I'm really glad that you shared that because that, that really is uh, some, some great information and uh, just a new perspective to think about. Chris, what about you? What are some of the things that you've done in the past that have worked well uh, or just help guide you in, in developing yourself in these particular skills? Well, I think I've said this before in one of our talks, or we've had a couple talks. I take away a little, so everybody that's in my close circle, my umbra, under my umbrella, let's use that phrase. Um, everybody has something that, that uniquely, that I, that I admire in them uniquely. Brian, as someone who's been around me for 25 years, um, there are a lot of ways that I emulate you. You, you know this because we've worked in the trenches together for years. Uh, I used to be the guy that got all hot and bothered. About mm -hmm. Something wasn't going right. I got all hot and bothered. Well, I'm I'm kind of the exact opposite now because I've watched you not let it, not let yourself, you know, never let them see you sweat. So even if underneath something is just making me absolutely crazy, I try to, you know, I, I try to go through this process of just processing whatever the situation is, good, bad, or different, and trying to come up with reasonable solutions. So there's a the, the, the discipline piece of that. So having discipline, um, having that ability to work through a situation, most of the time we're talking about an adverse situation. It's never anything good, because anything good is not hard to work through. Um, but just understanding that there is always a solution um, of some, some sorts some shape, form, or fashion, there's always a solution. And and that being kind of the first thing, you know, when, when something hits, you're like, okay, I'll calm down. There is a solution here. It's it's up to me to figure, you know, either by myself or with the help of someone else, figuring out what that solution is. It's never, the, you know, I don't think I've run into anything, uh, obviously I've made it this far, that I've run into anything that wasn't solvable at some point. It's a question of working through that having the discipline to work through that process to get to that solution. And I think a lot of people were so, we're so caught. That's the other part of the, the society that I can't stand is we're into this. It's, it's instant gratification or, you know, this has to be resolved right this moment. No, sometimes things take time. You know what I mean? You, you, you have to be self-aware enough 
a understand the situation what you're involved in or what's being presented to you or what's being put in front of you is this something we can fix quickly um is there so much information in front of us that we already have the answer um and if we don't then how do we work our way to the answer um and that like i said that requires being a sound mind um it's it's really knowing your surroundings, knowing what's going on around you, knowing what your goal is in a particular, because in certain situations, your goals will be brought in. You know, a lot of times your goals are brought into it. How does this align with my goal, what we're looking at? Sometimes it, there won't be the happy answer that you want at the end of it. And being understanding that there's a there's a remote possibility that there is not a happy answer here and having that ability to, to keep, still keep moving forward um, understanding that you know i mean that doesn't mean you're a failure even if you have even if you come up with a reasonable solution or something that makes everybody happy it doesn't mean you failed it just it means it just means that we just couldn't come up with a solution maybe there was just too much on it maybe there's just too much that you know maybe the bar was set too high there is such thing as the bar being set too high you know what i mean let's be clear on that there there is that thing so just understanding those some of the dynamics that go around and and then like you said erica early on about being kind you know being kind to yourself you know i mean when you don't come up you know as leaders that's one thing we suffer from we always want to come up with a solution we just do you know now a good percentage of the time we're going to come up with a solution but there's that small percentage where we're not and you've got to make peace with the idea that you couldn't come up with the answer even through working through the whole process with competent individuals that maybe there just wasn't an answer, you know what I mean? And how do we move forward from that mm-hmm. and, 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 and intact, in, in you know, as people, as people. So. Absolutely. No, I could not agree more, Chris. Thanks for sharing that. You know, like you said, as leaders, um, you know, we, we do have uh, a lot of things that come into play that I think, um, put us in a situation where we become our own worst critics, right? Because, you know, with, you know, the bug stops here and all those other things that get thrown out when we are leaders and that type stuff. So then, you know, what do you do in those situations is, as you said, be kind to yourself, uh, be willing to take a step back and get in, get some distance from it. That oftentimes will be enough because that'll give you a different perspective on it and allow you to see things that you didn't see when you were neck deep in it. Right. So that's another piece of it. As you said, instant gratification is not always the answer because sometimes you need to put it down, step away from it, then come back at it with a fresh mind, a fresh set of eyes. And typically that's when you have the breakthroughs is when you've actually gotten away from it and then come back to it. So that's a, that's a key part of it. I also think that's very important for us to realize. Um, so one thing I'd like to share too, from a self-development standpoint, uh, one I, I obviously with the Ascent Academy, I have done a master class, and the master class is specifically geared to do kind of exactly what we talked about now. Especially the early modules are about figuring out your aspirations and what your motivations are and that type of thing. So, if you are at a spot where you are ready to maybe do some self development, the master class is free. There's a free downloadable version of it where you can work at your own pace go through the six modules of aspiration, spark, commitment, evolution, navigation, and transcendence. And that I think will give you a great foundation 
to continue to move yourself forward. So I did want to share that. Now, I think we've kind of come to the end of this, and this has been great. What I'd like to do now is just throw it out there uh, for what I'll call final thoughts. So any last things that you might want to share with our audience before we wrap up for the day. Uh, Erica, uh, any final thoughts that you might want to share as we wrap up? And um, sure. The most important thing is really how we communicate with ourselves. And if we can learn how to communicate with ourselves in a way that's gentle, that's kind, that's respectful of ourselves, I think that's great practice in how we communicate with others. So you don't have to believe everything you tell yourself, um, especially when there are those negative things. But one thing that you definitely can do is to be respectful to yourself because it reflects in everything that you do. How you feel about yourself, it shows. 100%. Thank you for sharing that. How you, how you treat and respect yourself. Uh, other people take that as to how you might treat or respect them. So it is a very important thing. Chris, what about you? Any final thoughts you'd like to share with the audience? Sure. Well, one of the things, like I said, I, I always, this thing, because I'm actually, I, I'm finally making it, I'm, I'm admitting to myself uh, every day that I'm still evolving. Um, there is so much, and I was just talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and I said, he, we were talking about some stuff, did a little catch up yesterday, and I said, uh, I honestly think my, some of my best days are ahead for me. Um, and that's a mindset, you know what I mean? There were, I didn't always think like that. I mean, I was in, you know, we've been in the throes of different things that are going on in our respective lives. And uh, a lot of times we, we accentuate the, the negative things as opposed to the, the putting the weight on the positive things that we're doing. So I always, when I look at something negative that I'm not doing very well, or something I need to work, I need to work on improving. I you tend to forget the other the good stuff that you actually are doing in your life, and using that as fuel to get through the things that you're not doing well in your life, and but also understanding that kindness part that says, I can get better, regardless. Uh, you know, uh, my my uh, phrase that I always say my my new catchphrase is, progress is not measured in distance it's measured in progress. So emotionally, if you could tell yourself, I, I'm progressing a little bit and, and just be, and, and, and be content sometimes with it being a little bit, you know what I mean? As long as you are reaching forward, even in difficult times, it's probably going to turn out well. And at the, at the end, when it's all said and done, you know what I mean? And that's how, you know, how do we feel about ourselves? Um, and they're, you know, they're not, we don't always like, I don't always like myself. Um, but I work on, on liking myself more and more because I want to like my, that's the other thing is the goal is I want to like myself all the time. So, but you have to keep those things in the forefront of your mind uh, as you navigate through this thing called life. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, thanks for sharing that, Chris. And I agree with you, especially the, how progress is measured, as you said, and that's my progress. So honoring that's very important. For me, um, one of the things that I look at is just from the standpoint of the journey itself uh, and that it is an ongoing journey. It's not, a, it's not a destination. You don't necessarily arrive and, you know, oh, I'm there and it's the end of the line. It's, that's not how it works. So you obviously continue to evolve and grow and work your way through it as, as you move forward. So understanding that and then understanding that 
different things within your life. What's that old saying about uh, sometimes it's for a reason, for a season, other times it's for a lifetime. So different people, different situations, different scenarios will come into your life again for a reason, for a season, or for a lifetime. And starting to understand that. And from a needs, wants, and expectation standpoint, maybe you don't need to wrap yourself up in something so deeply because it's only there for a specific reason. Once that reason it's done, it's it's over. But if it's something that looks like it's going to be there for a lifetime, then yeah, you might want to spend some time really getting to understand what are my needs, wants, and expectations for that particular thing, person, scenario, opportunity, whatever it might be. So that's a key piece is to be self-aware of where you are in life as you evolve through life. Understand it is a journey. You'll continue to move forward. There is no finish line, quote unquote. And uh, as Chris said, just be glad that you are making progress along the way. That's, that's the final thing that I, I really wanted to share is to let everybody know that. This has been awesome. I really appreciate you guys. This has been, uh, thank you for joining, getting up early here and we're all actually in the same time zone, which is which is rare. Uh, but thank you for making it early here on a Saturday morning to our audience. I hope you found value in this. Please like, share and subscribe uh, on the YouTube channel and uh, feel free to play it back anytime because it is live on YouTube. So you can watch the recording anytime you want. And until the next episode, which will be next week, everyone take care take care of each other, especially, and uh, be safe. We'll see everyone soon. Thanks, Brian. All right. Take care, guys. Bye.